Hello, welcome to another episode of Hope with Danny, a podcast dedicated to inspire listeners everywhere with weekly stories and personal testimonies from our wide range of guests. I'm your host, Danny Daniel, and thank you for listening. We're very fortunate and honored today to have somebody that has a passion to help other people. And if I hadn't said it once, I feel like I've said it a thousand times, that we're only put on this earth to help other people. And that also includes our family as well as others, particularly others in your case, Coach Vandegrift, uh, on the football field. You uh, have done some amazing things, and I think uh, your childhood and young adulthood has been like many of ours. It's been full of trials, tribulations, and then triumphs. And I hope that that's brought you hope with, uh, with your life. Let's start out a little bit with your, your childhood. Well, first off, thanks for having me, and and I'm really uh, it's it's an honor and a pleasure. And if I can just share my story a little bit and it helps somebody out 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 there, that's uh, that's the most important goal. So, I grew up in Knoxville, Tennessee, and and probably like you know some, but not like all. That childhood was interesting. Uh, Mom was married four times, and you know we had men in the house, but I never had a father in the house, and so I just was always searching out that father figure i just wanted that relationship and and uh so i grew up in the trailer park which is you know in a rough it's a rough place to grow up as a kid and and a lot of people look down on you and what was interesting was so as you're growing up you know through the ages of 12 13 you know 14 15 those kind of things you know i'd have kids drop me off at the end of the end of the road and i'd have to walk down my road to the tra- to the trailer park because they wouldn't want to you know drive down my road kind of things you know and people just didn't think much about that back then but you know as you're growing up you're starting to think you know you're developing a complex of like am i a lesser kind of person than these other people i mean you know what's you know you know what's wrong with me not not like really wrong with me but like what's causing this reaction you know and i remember many kids would say hey you can spend the night at my house but you know my mom and dad won't let me spend the night at your house and so you know, again, like most kids, though, you just sort of don't think much about it, and you just go on your way, and you just keep growing up and, and doing all you can. Well, a lot of people, uh, particularly psychologists, uh, have, uh, as your adulthood grows, uh, you can't let go of the childhood because it was so, in some cases like yours, I think somewhat negatively impacting, uh, uh, giving you complexes and that sort of thing. Uh, so your environment had a lot to do with your strengths in the end. Is that right? Yes, because what ended up happening was, and this is, you know, I had a grandmother that was in my life that, you know, again, sometimes steps in when your parents don't, you know, like many kids, they step in the void. And I was, uh, she kept me me in church and, you know, so just having that great Christian foundation and knowing that that relationship was important always helped. And then because of how God wired me, I just, you know, I was a kid searching out that father figure, man, I just wanted the father's approval, you know, and, and not just the father in heaven, but I wanted the father on earth. You know, I wanted, I wanted that male interaction and, you know, I just sought the coach. So I played sports a ton, football, baseball, basketball, you know, and that was my escape. You know, I could go out there and it didn't matter if my parents had no money or all the money in the world. You know, if I go, went out there and put that football helmet on and shoulder pads and I could beat that other guy, uh, it made me a little bit better than him, you know, in my mind. And and so it was those kind of experiences that led me to sports. And then, 
you know, doing well and the coach approving of me, he just gave me, that was, that was sort of getting that yearning that I was looking for of somebody approving what I was doing. Well, I love high school football, probably more than even college and certainly more than national. Uh, I, I wasn't big enough to play football uh, at Athens High School, but Athens High School had a tradition and still does of uh, winning state championships. I was the manager of the team. And when I got my leather jacket, I felt like just everybody else. And that's the way when you put on that helmet, you felt just like everybody else. That's right. It didn't matter, you know, who my mom and dad were or were not. You know, it was just me against that other guy, and we were separated by a foot or so. And, again, if I could beat him, then, you know, for that little bit of period, it made me a better person than he was. And it made me a winner on that football field. And, you know, the, the fortunate aspect of it, you know, was I looked at it where I was just a kid that was growing up in the trailer park, but I was not a trailer park kid. And that's a whole different, you know, that, that mentality was huge in what allowed me to sort of get out of that trailer park. Well, now let's go back a little bit here. What about, uh, which high school did you play for and what position? So I grew up in Knoxville. I played at Halls high school, like it's called Halls crossroads. It's in North Knoxville. And, uh, I was a free safety and a tailback. And, uh, matter of fact, our high school rivals was Knoxville central, which was separated by black Oak Ridge, a big old hill. And, uh, their their tailback was Reggie Cobb that played in the NFL for several years and and uh, you know that was that was we beat them two out of three times so it's funny how I'm 52 years old and I'm still talking about what I did at 16 because you know those high school rivalries were big games yes sir I, my first Tennessee game as a kid I wanted to go to the games and you know didn't couldn't afford to go so I sold cokes at the at the Tennessee games and. My first game was the 1980 Bates Herschel game. Oh God! And I and I still got the program in my office today. Well, that year was a great year, no no question about it. It was a great year for myself because we had our first son, and uh, we had a little bitty house on Ag Drive, and that's where we had most of the people come by before the game. So, well, yes, now, one one other thing, you had one other trial in your childhood, and that was uh, with your dad. And I think every yes, young sir. kid needs needs a father. They really do. Well, so my parents got divorced at a very young age, and like I said, I had she she remarried, but there was, I didn't really have a you know I had I didn't have a father. You know, I didn't ever have a dad that was there to look out for me. And and uh, as we was growing up, he he made some bad decisions, and and uh, he ends up spending twenty two years in prison for selling cocaine, and so. So as I was in high school, you know, being a good athlete, my high school coach sort of took me under his wing and started loving on me a little bit. And, you know, he was the FCA Fellowship of Christian Athletes sponsor. And I started going to that and, you know, it just helped keep me in on the straight and narrow, which is what I needed. And that coach just, you know, loved on me and told me, you know, he, he believed in me more than I believed in myself. And, and it gave me a belief that I could go play some small college football and get my school paid for and those kind of things. And, and because of him, once I went to college and I started looking around trying to figure out what do I want to do, I thought, you know, if I could, if I could just change a kid's life the way that high school kid coach changed my life, I mean, that'd be a life worth living. And uh, so I was like, you know, I, I think I want to be a coach. 
Well, now you were a coach uh, first. First on, where did you go to school? There, where did you coach at that school? So, uh, first school, the university. I went to Tennessee Wesleyan College, and I, which is in Athens, Tennessee, halfway between Chattanooga and Knoxville. And I played uh, football and and golf. I played golf because I didn't want to play spring football. I don't blame you. <laughs> I, I didn't want to go out there and get beat on for no reason. You know, if we had a game on. Saturday, I was good, but we just go out there trying to beat each other up. Let me go play golf. So I did that, and then I went and got my master's degree at Tennessee Tech University, and I was a grad assistant under the former Mike, uh, former Falcons head coach Mike Smith, and uh, I did that for two years, and and you know got my master's and learned how to coach. And I want to remind everybody that you are the Prince Avenue football coach, the head coach over there, and we're going to get to that part of your career. I think a big impact on your life, more than anything else, would be the fact that you didn't have the benefit of a loving, caring father, but yet you overcame it, and you have just a passion for being that loving, caring father to your kids. Yes, sir. So so as I got married and started having kids, you know, you can read all the books you want in the world, but nothing prepares you for being a father like being a father, you know, and nothing, you know, you can read every book, but again, it's, you know, there's nothing like on the job training that you get, but what I never wanted to do was I never wanted to treat my kids the way I was treated and I always wanted to be there for them. And so, you know, there's a lot of times where, you know, I wish, man, I wish I could give my son the family business, which, you know, as a real estate agent, you know, or I could give him my family business and I'm an insurance, you know, on my own insurance company. Well, that just wasn't what I was equipped to do. And that wasn't what, you know, God, uh, you know, laid on my heart. I wanted to be a coach and I wanted to change kids' lives. And, and so my family business was sports and I was always really good at sports. And so, what I wanted to teach my kids was how to play sports. And so when they were young, I mean, we played chase in the front yard till they couldn't run anymore, you know, and everyone, all three of my kids ran unbelievably fast. And and I really credit it to us playing tag in the front yard when they were three, four or five years old. Well, now how and, are your kids now? And are they in sports now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, my son just won the high school quarterback of the year for the country. And he's over at Georgia as a quarterback. And uh, my daughter is a junior, and she just got her first offer as a volleyball player from Eastern Kentucky. And then I say the best one is the youngest one, and she's a daughter, and she's a freshman in high school, and she probably can play softball anywhere in the country she wants to play. So on that spectrum, I've been very blessed by uh, the athleticism of my three kids. And and they all have a 4.0 GPA, and so they don't just compete on the field, but they compete in the classroom, and that's what's important. Well, it sounds like to me you're somewhat like myself. I love all my kids the same, and I've made that point throughout my life because you don't show favorites with children. But on the other hand, I tell people it took me three tries to get it right, and then this third son, I got it right. He's not only smart uh, and going to be putting engines in people's cars, but he also is uh, loving and uh, forgiving and, and just a, a great son as well. Uh, when you talk about uh, the quarterback going to Georgia, your son, what's his name again? Brock. 
Brock. I should, Brock Vandegrift, yeah. I should know that by heart by now. Uh, that's a big deal. When you try to play out your kid's life on their life's journey and have as much influence as you can, and it pays off, that's a big deal. I, you've had hope that they <laughs> would be athletic, and uh, they are. Yes, sir. And, you know, it's a thing where it's like I told our kids. I said, look, we'll play sports as long as you want to. But when you get into high school and then, you know, as you get older, we're, we're playing for one reason. It's get, to get a scholarship to play, you know, like you're playing that the summer league stuff and all that travel ball. And I said, if you want to play travel sports, we'll play it. But only as long as you want to pursue a, a scholarship. If you just want to play it for fun, then we're going to join the rec league out here and you can go out there and do anything you want and have all the fun you want. But but, you know, meaning there's a end goal and the end goal is to get your school paid for. And as long as you're wanting to do that, we'll, you know, we'll pay, put the bill to play the travel sports because it's, you know, that travel sports arena is insane as it is. So, so it's worked out. And that, that little bit of strategy has been very fortunate for us. Well, it sounds like you instilled in them to be the best they could be and to believe in themselves. Good gracious. If you don't believe in yourself, you're really not going very far. And they have believed in themselves and you have believed in them. So you're a great father. You can take that as a medal right now where they are. So you decided, probably decided for you because of the way you coached and the way you did a great job. Somebody pulled you to Prince Avenue. Well, yes, sir. So I had a friend call me and, and say, hey, look, uh, he, he knew I was sort of interested. I was at Woodward Academy and Woodward Academy was going a little bit more left than I wanted to go. And and so I was just, you know, given the right opportunity, looking for a job. And and I really wanted my kids. You know, we get one chance to raise our kids. And and uh, I just, you know, I felt like, you know, if I could get them in a Christian environment and, you know, when they graduate high school, possibly be unscathed, you know, with some unbelievable. This was when all that transgender stuff was going through. And, you know, they can decide which bathroom they want to go to and, and not that that's good, bad, whatever. In my life, I'm not dealing with it, and I didn't want my daughters dealing with it. And so I was like, if we could go to a Christian school that we, you know, we at least identify left and right, those kind of things, then then I wanted to do that. And we were very fortunate to get an opportunity to come to Prince Avenue. And, again, just where things are a little more conservative. And as parents, we all have choices, and that was the, choices, that was the choice I wanted for my family. And we weren't here two or three months. My daughters looked at me and said, this is the best decision we ever made. And, and so for our family, it's been a wonderful fit for who we want to be and what we're trying to accomplish. And, and, you know, I tell you what, it, it's, it's been wonderful. And, and again, seeing them smile makes me smile. Well, your faith has had a lot to do with your success in life. It sounds like to me, and uh, that faith has been overshadowed to your children. And I'm sure your wife is the same way. Uh, so you went from what coaching job to this coaching job? I, I was, I'd been a head coach in Cobb County for six years. And then I went to, uh, Woodward Academy, which oh, that's right. is actually the largest private school in the country, non-religious affiliated down at the airport. And, uh, so I went there for 11 years as the D coordinator and my kids were going to school there. And then Five years ago, I had a chance to come to Prince Avenue, and and my youngest and oldest, they they're, you know, they never met a stranger, and you know they're outgoing. And my middle child, like a lot of middle middle 
children sometimes, you know, is the introvert. And, and I really, I just wanted her as a little flower, just to blossom and bloom and find her own place, you know, in the world. And I thought this environment would help her more than the other two. And, you know, that little gamble or that little belief has really, uh, really taken off. I mean, she's, she, here's what my belief was and, and, and still is. I was like, I told her, Anna, I said, Anna, honey, I want you to find the sport that you don't wake up to play, but wakes you up and you want to go play it. And when you find that sport and you find that passion, then you'll know what you want to, you know, what you want to play or what you want to be part of. And so, you know, she did gymnastics and softball and dancing. And when we came to Prince, she played soccer and, and basketball and volleyball. And she'd never played any of those three. And when she started playing volleyball, she, she fell in love with the sport and begged for two years in seventh grade and eighth grade to go play travel sports. And we said, honey, look, if, if it's meant to be, we're going to do it in ninth grade and it'll work out. And, so from there, she found her passion, and her passion has led to her tirelessly being willing to work hard towards it. And that's, and for me, that's coaching, and that's football. Like, I don't wake up to go coach. Football wakes me up. I come in every morning. I'm in the office at 545 every morning because I want to be, because I want to be here early. I want to have the doors open. Anybody wants to come in and work out, I want to be here providing that opportunity. And again, it's like when you yell at a kid to go work out, you're you're missing the boat. You need to teach him why it's important to work out. And when he understands that, you'll never have to yell at him again because he'll go work out hard every day. All of your football players need to come to football practice because they want to be there. And they're not wannabes in the standpoint they don't really have a, a guide in life or the right journey. They want to be there. And I, I applaud that. What about your first season? How did that go? Well, uh, it was interesting, you know, I got hired late April, which meant we didn't have time to find, uh, you know, really a coaching staff, which meant we weren't going to have spring football. And so, you know, we got our coaches together. We didn't have spring football. And the irony is they had, they had only ran the wing tee for coach Faribault and Heron. So for those like eight or nine years, the only offense that ever ran was the wing tee. And on defense, they were an odd front. So, you know, if you know anything about football or just a little bit of understanding, the opposite to the wing tee is the spread where you throw it a lot and, you know, that run it some. And, and the opposite to the odd front is an even front. Well, I'm an even front guy, and I wanted to run the spread. And, and a bunch of people told me, they said, man, they, they, if they throw the ball four times a game, it's a miracle. <laughs> I, was, I was like well we're about to we're about to find out so so anyway we went out there and uh we were very fortunate we're, we went 12 and 0 and got beaten the semifinals and uh you know we're on, we were driving to score to win the ball game and the kid fumbled with about two minutes left and we lost in the semifinals and and the next year um same thing we we got we played Eagles Land, Elka, Eagles Landing Christian in the semifinals and got beat again. Then the next year we played in the semifinals. So the first three years we went to semifinals. And then last year, um, my son broke his leg week, week two uh, during the game and played the whole game with a broken leg. And 
he threw for about 330, and his dad should have been shot for not getting him out of the game. But I thought he just twisted his ankle. And anyway, I learned, you know, I learned a lesson. But um, so we ended up, it messed up our seating, and we lost a couple games. So we ended up catching Eagles Landing Christian. And at that time last year, they became the fifth five-time state defending state champs. So we played them in the second round last year, and they scored with a minute left, and we got beat 62-57 in the third highest-scoring playoff game in uh, state history. My, my. So that led us to this year. All right, so now you're in your fifth year, and you're going to get it this year, right? Or you got it last year? Yes, sir. No, no. This 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 past fall, you know, was our fifth season, and uh, you know we um, we lost three games the year before. We lost to Westland, who played Eagles Landing Christian in the state championship, and we lost to Athens Academy. Okay, that was our three losses. And at the time, Athens Academy was number one in the state. So this year we played. And we caught Wesley in like week four, and we beat them by about three touchdowns, okay? Then it set up the number one versus number two game in the state, which was us versus Athens Academy. So they came out here to our place, and we played them on TV here in the state. And uh, it's a 0-0 game. And then we scored 41 points in the second half, and we beat them 41 to seven. Well, and then, that that, that uh, conversation that you had in the locker room must have meant something. <laughs> well, we just talked about we were. I felt like we were pressing a little bit, you know. And I just talked to him about you know just going out there, trusting in the process, believing in what we're doing, and knowing that we're the better team. Uh, you know, and a lot of times I tell them. They can't beat us, but we can beat us, you know, and as long as we don't beat us, we're going to be fine. So, so we ended up again, you know, we got some breaks, had a couple of big plays the second half and bam, you know, we, we, we score in bunches. Now was this played on the Athens Academy field or a neutral field? No, it, it, it was at Prince. So we played at, at Prince and, uh, you know, played here at home. And so then that led us to, uh, we're going to play Eagles Landing Christian now, Elka, the five-time defending state champs, who's 57-1 and one in Class A over the last six or seven years. And we're going to play them at our place week 13 of the season in the quarterfinals. And so so we played them, and we beat them 38 to nothing. It's the first time they've had a running clock put on them in their school's history, and the uh, first time they've been shut out since 2008. That's amazing. All right, so the, your, your final game, what happened? So, well, in the semifinals, we had to face Wesleyan again, who is the team that was a runner-up the year before. So we beat them 50-3 to in uh, the semifinals. And then in the finals, we, we played Trinity down in Sharpsburg or Peachtree City. And we, you know, we, uh, we beat them 42-26, if I'm not mistaken, something like that. Well, it's it's not that you don't believe in running up the score. It's just that your players are that good and that passionate about what they're doing out there. Well, it's 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 funny you say that because when I was young, you know, I used to get all in. I was the defensive coordinator for 24 years, and I've been the offensive coordinator for the last four years. And so 
And when I was young, I'd get all upset, you know, if everybody scored a lot of points. And with the spread, that, that's changed a little bit. And as I've gotten older, I've changed a little bit because what I realize is our kids practice really hard during the week, and those young guys want to play too. So when they get in the game, you know, if it's a receiver, well, heck, he wants to catch a ball, you know, and if it's a running back, he wants to run the ball. And so I was like, gum, I don't want to punish our kids because their kids aren't doing their job. So I don't, I don't throw it deep to run it up, but, you know, anymore, if you throw it out to the flats, that's just part of the game, you know, so – so we don't try to run it up, but we do try to run our offense. Well, uh, I believe that your boys, if if you went out there and said, okay, we scored uh, 25 points, just hold it down from now on, they would quit believing in their head coach pretty quickly. They said, just let us play the game, coach. Let us play the game. That's exactly right. You know, they, you know, they want to have fun. Here's what I've realized. Our kids work hard if they're rewarded by getting to have fun and getting to have fun means winning and playing on Friday nights. And, you know, still today, I think the last, one of the last microcosms of real life is football because it's hard. You have to sacrifice yourself a lot of times for what's best for the team. You know, you have to get out of bed early in the morning to go work out. Just like you got to get out of bed when you're 35 to go to work, you know, and if you can teach them work ethic and you can teach them, you know, sacrifice, and you can teach them to love one another. It's like I tell them, look, the McCoys can talk about the McCoys, but the Hatfields better never talk about the McCoys, you know, and that's just, you know, that's just how it is. You know, we got to love ourselves with the warts and all, and that's how family is. And and football is a family of, again, a lot of different people coming together with a common goal. Well, try being married to a South Georgia farmer's daughter. And talk about their family. <laughs> it's, a, it's a red flag. I just don't do that. That's for darn sure. Uh, yes, sir. I, well, I love your story because it's it's so impacting, and you've had such an influence on other people. And when you go to the pearly gates, which I'm sure you believe in, with all the faith you talked about, uh, you're going to be say, able to say, I made a difference, and I leave a legacy, uh, a legacy to, to those players that uh, you were so involved with. Uh, I just... It doesn't get any better than that. To me, it doesn't get any better than football. I've always loved football, uh, even though all my kids played soccer, but I learned to love that too. Football means everything to the support in high school and college and the people that just believe in their team. And when you get to believing in what you're doing out there, it just it means everything. And I thank you for instilling that in your players. Well, we've come to the close of this, and we have been talking to Prince Avenue head football coach Greg Vandegriff, who I certainly respect, and I already respect Prince Avenue and all they do out there. So I'd like to ask you a final question here, Greg. What does hope mean to you in your life? I think hope means, um, you know, you got a chance. You know, I think without hope, again, goes back to faith. If you don't have hope and faith and and a belief, then you can't do it. You know, you can't win. You, you, at the end of the day, I think that like the, the job of the head football coach, the job of the leader of the family, the job of the leader of the business is to stand up at the helm of the ship. And you're, you're going to look out there and you're going to say, you know what, we're, we're going to make it. We're going to do this. It's like Columbus. Okay, think about Columbus. One of my favorite books, The Traveler's Gift. This is one of the chapters. This guy's talking to Columbus, and he says, today we we hit land today. And the guy's looked at him and said, how, how, how do you know? He said, well, here's the deal. Think about this. 
We've got 60 days worth of food. We're on day 48. In 12 days, we're either going to starve to death or we're going to hit land. And I have no choice but to believe we're going to hit land. And that's how the leader is. That's the leader's job, is no matter what, we're going to win. And no matter what, we're going to do it. I believe with all my heart that hope is, is really involved in all of our lives at many times in our, in our lives. But I also believe that we, if we do have a belief system, if we have a positive attitude, we can go to the moon with what we do in life and really leave a legacy. I thank you so much for being such a great coach out at Prince Avenue Baptist, Greg Vandegrift. I hope you all have a good season this year. Thanks, sir. I appreciate it very much. You take care. Thanks. Remember to go to our website, thedannydanielshow.com, to submit your story. And if you have a good one, let us know about it. Come back next week and weeks after that to listen to all of our episodes. I'm your host, Danny Daniel. This episode recorded at Vega Studios. Also remember to follow us on social media. We will be posting our episodes on our Facebook page along with the website. Stay in touch with us and spread the word. It's all about hope.